afflicted, ill-treated, of whom, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering over deserts and mountains and in dense and caves of the earth. And all these, though well attested by their faith, did not receive what was promised, promised since God had foreseen something better for Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with the preference of the sea, the race that, that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfection of our Everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny him before my Father who is in heaven. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And Peter said in reply, Lo, we have left everything and followed you. What then shall we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man shall sit on His glorious throne, you who have followed Me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or lands, for My name's sake, he will receive a hundredfold, and inherit eternal life. But many that are first will be last, and the last first. Glory to
celebrant with us this morning. Some of you know him really well. Some of you may not have met him, but uh, his name is Father Vasilios Hillhouse and his uh, beautiful presbytera Maria, and they have four sons. I think uh, one of them is ill today, so they may not all be here. But uh, Father Vasily spent four years here at St. John uh, after he graduated from St. Tikhon's uh, seminary and uh, did a prolonged internship and then was ordained by Metropolitan Nikitas, both to the diaconate and to the priesthood, and then was assigned by Metropolitan Yerasimos to uh, Anchorage, Alaska, to the Parish of Holy Transfiguration. And uh, he is on vacation, and he is going to deliver the homily. He also has some deep connections here to the Portland area and to this parish. Father Ed Hillhouse and Puria Judy are his parents, and he uh, also is connected to the Houdanish family because Maria is a Houdanish, and so he's brother-in-law to Phil and to Tomaiva. So uh, I wanted to at least give him a little introduction and a welcome, and without further ado, Father Vasily. Good morning, everybody. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the Sunday of All Saints, which always follows the Sunday after Pentecost. Kind of as a statement from the Church that, with the coming of Pentecost, sainthood is possible. And the Sunday of All Saints is a statement of where we are going, and what we're all about as the Church. In a a very real way, the church was founded on earth, not not eternally, it was always existed eternally, but the church was established on earth at Pentecost with the ordination by the Holy Spirit and tongues of fire of the apostles. And this is where the priesthood comes from. Christ's priesthood handed down through the Holy Spirit to the apostles and so on and so on and so on and down, down through the ages. And so today, we say that The Holy Spirit came so that this day might be possible, that we might have saints, that we might have those who are close to Christ in an intimate bond and are connected to Him in communion, in a bond of complete freedom and joy, uh, a communion. I think it was seven years ago today, actually, maybe not to the date, but liturgically, seven years ago today, that, uh, as Father Theodore mentioned, I was here for a prolonged internship that we would, didn't know originally would be so prolonged. And seven years ago, on All Saints Sunday, Metropolitan Yerasimos was going to be with us for liturgy. And so Father Theodore wanted me to spend a little time with him, so he sent me to go pick him up uh, at his hotel, just over the river in Vancouver. And I was already working in Vancouver. I was working for Norm Golden at the time and spent a lot of time in Vancouver. And I knew Vancouver like the back of my hand. So I drove over the river to pick him up and got him in the car and started heading back here. And we'd gone about 100 yards when he said, So, if you had the right to preach today, what would you say? (laughs) I don't know if it was a test. But I wasn't ordained for three years, so I'm assuming it was. 
think I mumbled something out about emulating the lives of the saints and, and something and immediately proceeded to get on to 14 East instead of 5 South, right? Is that 14? <laughs> and I knew Vancouver so well, I knew right away. I went, oh boy. And I had a choice to make, either confess my mistake and tell him I made a mistake and get off at the first exit, which is about a mile and a half down. Or just pretend like nothing happened. It's like what I meant to do and go to a five and come, to, come that way. Well, I opted for confessing my mistake. And I said, forgive me, Eminence. I got on the wrong exit. So we got to turn around up here. But don't worry, it only takes a couple of minutes. And he said, he was very gracious. He said, he said that's okay. You were talking about the saints. And we all get a little excited when we talk about the saints. <laughs> And he's right in the sense that we should get excited when we talk about the saints. But he was wrong when it came to me in that moment. <laughs> I wasn't excited because I was talking about the saints. I was nervous because I was not close to the saints. And I'm still not close to the saints. I was nervous because I was grasping at straws. Because their experience is not my own experience. And so I'm speaking from a place of darkness, speaking about light from a place that is murky and dark. And this is a tragedy. Perhaps the greatest tragedy in human history is that we don't become saints. Because that's what we're called to. You know, every gospel, every Sunday is there for a reason. And so the gospel today is not just a sign. You know, we do have a lectionary, but this gospel is for the Sunday of all saints. And so if we look at it, we understand what the church is telling us on the Sunday of all saints. And right away, the Lord said to His disciples, Everyone who acknowledges Me before men, I also will acknowledge before My Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies Me before men, I also will deny him before My Father. Who is in heaven. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross, and some translation says daily, and follow me is not worthy of me. Now I think all of us in this room will confess Christ in just a few moments, right? We'll say the creed together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty. But what is a true confession? Or what is a stronger confession of faith? Words or deeds? Those of you who have children, is it better to, and we should do both, but is it better to teach our children what is right and wrong with our words and to tell them this is what is good and this is what is virtuous? Or is it stronger to actually do it and embody them, to incarnate the virtues so they see the example? Which is more inspiring and which is more true? It's easy to confess with our lips, maybe not if a gun is at our head, but in our day and age, at least here in Portland, it's easy to say, I confess God. I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and we can confess Him before men. It's easy to do with our lips. But I believe what the gospel is getting at, what Christ is getting is at, and if we follow this, we see it has to do with our deeds. Do we confess Christ before men by our actions? Do they see us and find virtue? Do they find love and humility? Or do they get judgmentalness or arrogance and pride? Right? We're called to imitate Christ, who is humble and loving. We're called
called to embody the holiness that the saints have. And as I said, I'm not close to them. I love their example and I love the writings, but I can't claim to be close can't claim to be close to the saints, but I want to read from somebody who is and who wrote about on this Sunday holiness and what it is that we're after here at the church. This is a monk on Manathos. He writes, Holiness is not a championship match. It's not a supernatural feat or an awesome act of prowess. It is not the acquisition of a winning record. You know, and I, I want to stop. I especially want those of you, those of us, because I include myself, who are converts, to listen very closely. Because sometimes we get things muddled in our convert minds. You know, we're very Western. And you come into the Orthodox Church, things are very foreign. And what we do is we bring our grid, we bring preconceived ideas and formulas, and we sometimes apply them to the church. And it takes a long time to be stripped of those things. So listen very carefully about what holiness is. Right? It's not a great supernatural feat. It's not the acquisition of a winning record. Holiness is not an illuminated sign or a glowing halo around our head. It is not a spectacular display or an advertisement. Rather, holiness loves to live in obscurity. Holiness loves to live in ingloriousness, in forgotten silence, in repentance and humility. Holiness is communion with all holy God. It is not a human achievement. Holiness is not a human achievement. Holiness is true balance, authentic health, a meaningful relationship with God. Holiness is the obedience to His command that we become holy as God is holy. Holiness is the will of God. And the will of God is our sanctification. Now stay with me a little bit more. By holiness is meant following Christ to Gethsemane and to Golgotha. We all do this during Holy Week. Holiness is not transmitted. It's not transmitted. It is not earned by merely reading books and lengthy discussions in living rooms, which we converts love to do. Holiness calls out that we must give blood in order to receive the Spirit. We must persistently fight and be patient to defeat the wild beast with many heads called pride. The saints overcome selfishness, love of the flesh, ambition and love for money, with love for the divine, with love for people, with philanthropy, brotherly kindness, and the virtuous life. The saints, according to the late elder Justin Popovich, the saints are the centuries-old authentication of the gospel. The centuries-old authentication of the gospel. They incarnate the gospel in themselves. They are extensions of Christ. And this is a theological statement. The saints have become little Christ. They become God, not with a capital G, but with a small g. The saints have proved by practice that the virtues of the gospel are feasible. They're doable. You and I can have them. Not on our own. When I look at the lives of the saints, as I said, I feel so far away from them. Their experience is so far removed from my own. 
In many ways, I read that and I go, how can I ever be like this? If I fall into despondency because of that, it's because I am counting on my own strength to make me like the saints. I'm counting on my own abilities and my own mind to make me be like the saints. Instead of doing what they did, laying their life at the altar of God and saying, do with me what you will. Give me the strength with which you want me to have and help me accomplish the will that you have for me. Sometimes I think in the Orthodox Church, and maybe it's converts, maybe it's everybody, we make salvation so complicated. Right? Because we have all these things around us. We have the priesthood. We have the sacraments. We have the ascetic tradition of the church and the lives of the saints. We have the Jesus prayer and prayer ropes and asceticism and fasting and all of these wonderful tools that we use to draw closer to Christ. But sometimes we forget Christ Himself. The saints loved Jesus Christ, the God-man. They loved Him like we would love a loving Father. They loved Him like we would love a physician who has just saved our life. They loved Him like we would love our sons and daughters. They loved Him the way we would love a spouse, a person. God is a person, right? He's not just some obscure deity up in the air somewhere. He's a personal God that became a man and gives Himself to us in the sacraments and especially in Holy Communion, which we will all receive. So my brothers and sisters, we might look today at the totality of the lives of the saints and be intimidated. But we shouldn't be so fearful that we don't try. We shouldn't be so intimidated that we think this can't be our experience, because it can. Otherwise, the church wouldn't have this day. The church has the Sunday of All Saints to encourage us. Look all around us, right? These are the saints, the great cloud of witnesses. And they're not just far away. They're not just a great cloud of witnesses that are up in the sky. They're here. We can kiss them. We can get to know them by reading their lives, reading their writings, and trying to emulate their life. They can be close to us, and through them, we can find Christ. Through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit, which we all receive at baptism and chrismation. And I want to finish with this. From the Gospel. Right? Peter hears all this stuff. And he says, Lord, we've done this and more, right? What do we get? We've left everything. What do we get if we do all this, right? He's so human, Peter. I think we all love St. Peter. He's so human. But Christ says, Everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. May this be so for all of us, together. Not as individuals, but together. As we heard in the epistle, we are not set apart from the saints, but we are together with them, that we all might be glorified together with them in the glory that belongs to our Lord God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.